going on everyone? This is Gary. Today is Tuesday, 17th of September. Uh, we just wrapped up game week five in the Premier League. Wanted to talk about that definitely today as well as planning for game week six. Before we do though, uh, today is also the day the Champions League is back. Group stages have begun already um, and just more football to follow more lineups to pay attention to now squad rotation becomes you know even more of a thing uh, for us FPL managers so we will definitely help guide and inform and advise as much as we possibly can through all this um, and speaking of Champions League football there is a fantasy component to it. It's UCL Fantasy. I'm sure many of you know about it, but in case you don't, um, the way to play it and to sign up for it is through an app called Gaming Hub. And it looks very much like the Champions League logo the app does. Uh, we posted it at least once, if not twice, uh, in our Instagram feed. So definitely give it a, a look. In addition to posting what the app itself looks like, uh, we've also posted the code to join our league. Um, and the more the merrier, as always. We want to be inclusive of everyone, so everyone is more than welcome to join. And if you want to, you can write that code down right now. Uh, grab a pen, grab your phone, however you want to put, put this down. But here it goes. Ready? All right. 92YS as in Sam 4K0D as in dog T as in Tim L. Again, that code to join our UCL Fantasy League is 92YS4K0DTL. And I don't know if it is case-sensitive like the Fantasy Premier League um, codes to join are or not. But in case it is, all of our letters in the code to join are capitalized. So just a little information there. But please join along. It looks like we've got almost 600 people participating. So should be good fun. <clears throat> Additionally, before we get into all of the, the fantasy FPL talk, I also wanted to talk about um, some of the amazing people and accounts that we've come across, you know, as we've been doing this for two and a half years or so now um, on Instagram. And so last night we posted a list of many of the accounts that that we've interacted with. Maybe uh, we've just sort of struck up conversations with them. Maybe we've shouted them out before. Maybe we've even collaborated with them. But whatever the reason, we just want to give back to this community a little bit. We've had a lot of these accounts that have supported us um, and treat us very well. And we want to make sure that, that we do the same for them. Uh, these are extremely talented, creative, funny, interesting, um, informative accounts. So uh, check out our post. Um, it is p 
purely a list of the accounts tagged with um, their account information so that you can um, go ahead and give it a tap and go to their accounts and give them a follow if you like what you see. Uh, the night of the 16th, so that was Monday night. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we plan to do that more um, as we remember to do it and wish we would have done it much sooner than now. Um, but hopefully uh, it just shows our appreciation for these amazing people that we've come across. You know, the FPL community is uh, one that embraces um, the other members of the community. It is, uh, especially for FPL accounts like ours, uh, one might think that it could be extremely competitive uh, and maybe a little bit cutthroat, and it's not. Um, we know that those of you that are FPL managers and love the Premier League uh, and love the fantasy aspect of it, we know that you can't consume enough content. Um, you know, so much of it is about perspective and insights. Uh, <clears throat> there's certainly an entertainment uh, factor to it. So each of these accounts offers something different um, because the way you uh, structure the data, um, the observations you make, uh, the advice you give is endless. So, um, you know, definitely uh, give some of them a look and hopefully give some of them a follow and we continue um, to grow the accounts that, that provide good, usable, or entertaining content for us. And that's really what it's all about. So we want to also thank them uh, for their support of us and to thank you for your support of us. If you're listening to this, thank you. If you followed us on Instagram, thank you. If you haven't, the handle is at Let's Talk Soccer. Super simple. Uh, we've got a great new logo that we've had for two or three weeks. And uh, the more we look at it, the more we like it. <clears throat> and uh, we passed the 31,000 follower mark a couple weeks ago as well. Um, so lots of great things happening for us, and we're extremely appreciative of it. Speaking of, uh, looks like we've been approached by um, a vendor or two about um, – <clears throat> doing some giveaways, uh, including apparel in the form of um, professional team jerseys, authentic team jerseys. Um, so we're sort of finalizing the details of that partnership and hope to uh, do something very, very soon on that. So be on the lookout for that. All right, let's get into game week five and a couple of observations. Um, the first of which is the big at the back, the multi-premium defender um, strategy, if that's what you want to call it, just has not panned out the way that I think anybody expected. And it's interesting how different seasons yield very different seasons ago, uh, midfield. Uh, last season, it looks to be forward. So, um, you know, really, um, you know, different positions. 
creating uh, much different value for um, for the managers. So you know, going into the season, a lot of managers, and, and we should say we have preached against this since um, the middle of the summer. Quite honestly, um, that. Uh, that the big at the back, the investing heavily in premium defenders just isn't going to work for a variety of reasons. One, um, clean sheets are fairly rare, as we've seen, especially in the first five games of this season. They're not the most reliable thing, and even less reliable are attacking returns by defenders. And yes, there are a couple of examples. You know, everyone holds up uh, Alexander-Arnold and Dean... Um, as sort of the shining examples of, of defenders that can yield attacking returns. But, you know, that's a couple. There's a, there's a handful of them that can, but even they don't usually do it consistently enough. <clears throat> um, and then thirdly, by doing that, a large portion... You know, somewhere around 40%, 35 to 45% of your budget is suddenly uh, eaten up by these expensive defenders and the rest of your team suffers. Now, thankfully, there have been some amazing value midfield. We've seen that. There are quite a number of defenders um, that are in the top, say, 20, 30 um, players in terms of points earned. Vestigard, who started the season at just 5 million pounds, is now 5.1, has the highest number of points, which is 27. Um, you know, Mings is in the top five, and he's inexpensive. Maitland-Niles is inexpensive, relatively speaking. Ingalls-Peters... Lundstrom, of course, is sort of this year's Doherty, I suppose. <clears throat> brings a lot of potential value to the table. So the value players is where it's at, and it's especially critical this season when um, the most in-demand players' prices have risen so much that um, it's hard to include as many of them as uh, we were able to in previous seasons. <clears throat> so that's where we really see the opportunity. Yes, you want um, a premium player or two, um, you know, in each line of your uh, of your squad. So, you know, maybe two premium defenders, um, even though we think one would suffice. Um, two premium midfielders seems like um, like a very good number there, possibly three, um, and then one premium forward uh, would be something that would also be possible if you balance the squad out that way. And, um, and balance is key to all of this. Um, but back to the big at the back, we think even one, but um, probably no more than two premium defenders is really uh, what we would advise managers to do. You can enable um, all kinds of other upgrades to your team if you scale down on cost. 
and it's not necessarily scaling down on value or points earned. It is just scaling down the cost because, as we just said, there are plenty of inexpensive or mid-priced defenders doing just as well or maybe even better as um, some of the high-priced guys. Another observation is um, Man City's defense is in big trouble. If you watch the Norwich game or you watch the highlights, or, or in City's case, the lowlights, um, two silly mistakes resulted in resulted in two of Norwich's goals. Um, you know, uh, Otamendi had a particularly um, just moment of uh, a lack of awareness of what was going on around him and uh, just a silly, silly mistake, and Norwich capitalized on that. And good on them. Um, you know, they stuck to their, their team philosophy, which is attack, attack, attack. Uh, you know, defensively, you know, they don't park the bus. Um, they don't just stack it in their own box, um, but they rely more on the opportunity to score goals than um, the potential to, um, to uh, stop them from the opposing team. So, um, and I could definitely appreciate that. And as a Pookie owner, I can really, really appreciate that because it just means more service to Pookie and more chances for him to score. <clears throat> but it just goes to show you that even on the best teams, um, these clean sheets are extremely hard to come by, um, even by some of uh, the highest price defenders in the game. And to compound things for Man City, it was just announced today by Pep um, as they get ready for their uh, opening Champions League match um, that Stones will be out for four to five weeks. <clears throat> so, um, you know, he has a couple of options, one of which is to bring Fernandinho in. And no, Fernandinho is not a good option to bring into your FPL team because he's classified as a midfielder in the game. So despite him uh, being obviously uh, positioned as a center back, um, if Pep chooses to use him, the game doesn't work that way. He will still only get one, clean, one point for clean sheets instead of the four that defenders get. So um, something to be very, very aware of there. Um, and the fear is that even if you have Zinchenko or Walker, that, um, you know, this, you know, aside from Walker's one assist very early in the season, they haven't generated much in the way of attacking opportunities and especially attacking returns. And they've shown that um, they're, they're not great at keeping clean sheets. And now that they've got even more troubles in the back, I just can't see them uh, racking up the clean sheets. Now, this coming game week could be a little bit of an anomaly because Watford come to town and Watford have scored very, very few goals. Um, so, you know, Man City playing at home against Watford could result in a clean sheet, although um, we never count on clean sheets. They're nice when they happen, as is attacking returns from defenders, but um, you can never really count on them. Even Liverpool has been extremely susceptible 
to uh, conceding goals this season. So it may be in a manager's best interest, quite honestly, to keep one premium uh, defender, and our advice would be uh, Alexander Arnold because of how forward he gets and how much service he puts into the box um, as potential as big chances and potential assists for him. Um, and the rest could be, you know, 5.4 million and lower. Um, and, and we would not, um, have a problem with that sort of, sort of structure of your squad at all, because, um, there's just more upside to attacking players. You know, you look at a man sitting, you've got Zinchenko, um, <clears throat> And, you know, the hope is for clean sheets because of, you know, Man City winning the title last season, how stout they were in the back. But when it comes to clean sheets, it is not an individual effort. It's a full team effort. So despite Zinchenko having the best defensive game of his life, if a silly mistake by Otamendi happens in the back like it did against Norwich, then uh, that clean sheet is completely wiped out. And that's why we like attackers because it is much more based on individual effort and a great game by an attacker um, will usually result, not always, but usually result in some returns for their owners. Um, Game week five observation also, we sort of touched on this, um, do not be put off by a player's price tag. As Barnes and Abraham and Mount and James and Pookie and Lundstrom and many others have shown, um, the price tag doesn't mean anything um, other than they're more affordable, but yet look at the performances that these guys are delivering. Just because most of your players don't have a, you know, a 9, 10, or 11 at the beginning of their price tags does not mean that they are any less capable of delivering points as are some of the more premium players. And we're not saying go for all value, but you can have a very well-balanced squad um, with the majority of it being sort of, you know, say high-mid uh, to mid-priced all the way down to very inexpensive players if you pick the right ones. <clears throat> Lastly, you know, we've had a lot of questions about Abraham and Pookie. Uh, is it too late to get them? Um, does it make sense to get them? And yeah, it looks like, you know, um, you know, they can't do this every game. Uh, Abraham isn't going to score at least a double in every single game. Pookie's not going to score in in all games or close to all games. But if this sort of performance keeps up over the course of a season, these guys are going to generate a lot of points. And I think a lot of managers lose sight of that. Um, you know, a lot of folks wild-carded um, during the international break. And, you know, let's face it, a lot of us had very poor uh, results in game week five. And we've seen a lot of comments of people um, saying that they wasted their wild card. It's one game. The idea of a wild card is a multi-week, multi-game approach, or at least it should be. 
Um, this is, you are redoing at least several, if not all of the spots on your team. And it's not all just going to click uh, in the first game week. It's great if it does, um, but a lot of times it doesn't, and that's okay. Don't feel like um, it's a failed experiment or that you need to go and um, make more changes and maybe even take some hits because that is not the case. If you've chosen the right players, and we know who the right players are, even the new ones to the league, after five games you can tell – uh, who's going to provide value and who isn't for the most part. Um, and certainly there's a lot of players that we just know based on, you know, multiple seasons of what these guys can do. Just, we say, just stick with it. Um, you know, give it, give it time, give it through December to see how it's going to go. Um, chances are um, very much so that things are going to go in your favor. Um, but back to Abraham and Pookie. Um, yeah, we like both. I mean, they're both on fire right now. Now, if you get either of them or both of them into your squad and they don't deliver in game week six, that's okay. Again, these, especially Abraham has been scoring like a madman, uh, for the past, what is it? Four weeks now, um, three weeks. And, that is not sustainable. He is bound. I mean, just the odds are that he will blank sometime in the near future. He cannot score every single game. I mean, the most games that anyone has scored in, I believe, was Vardy's 11 um, a few seasons ago. Maybe Abraham can do that. But even after that, he will blank. So just be prepared for it. It doesn't mean it's time to trade um, or transfer and get him out for the, the latest person um, that's been scoring lots of goals. That's not how this game is played. Otherwise, you will drive yourself mad, always chasing points, um, and always being frustrated that um, you know you should have made the transfer last week when, um, when the guy had the hot foot. Um, so just, just be patient. Uh, it's hard. And it's frustrating, especially when you see others doing rather well. Um, but, uh, you know, it just can't happen for you every single week. Um, now, looking into game week six, <clears throat> here's who we like. Um, we like we like Man City attackers. Um, what we did, too, is we created, and we've done this the past few weeks, is a chart that lists a number of, of um, a number of attacking players, many of which are also good captain options, um, but the, at least are very popular uh, in demand this season. Um, and it shows a lot of information. It shows their goals, their assists. Um, it shows current form rating uh, as measured by FPL. It shows what their BPS is, which is used to calculate bonus points. Um, but it also shows expected goals per 90, expected assists per 90, and then um, their performances, if they have played the game week six opponent before in the past, it will show um, their results against that opponent. Some of them, like Allaire, um or Pepe, haven't played uh, their game week six opponents yet. This will be the first time. 
But for those that did, um, we list that. And here's who we really like as good get game week six based on a compilation of this information. And we have posted this chart on the Let's Talk Soccer um, Instagram account. So uh, check it out there. It has a lot of data in it. <clears throat> Some key takeaways. Uh, Pookie has the highest BPS, which is no surprise, but Aguero is extremely close behind him. I think just one BPS point behind him. And of course, they also top the list um, in terms of form. And Abraham, as expected, also tops that the list of in-form players. Harry Kane has had the highest rate of returns, which is goal involvement, either uh, goals or assists, versus his game week six opponent, which is Leicester City. So he has averaged 1.88 goal involvement per game. And what the numbers are behind that is um, he's played eight games against Leicester City. He has scored 13 times and assisted twice. So uh, directly involved in 15 goals in eight games, almost two per game. Um, And yes, he has blanked recently and has been not looking great. But you look at the history of that opponent and um, it may change um, some perspectives, some opinions on Kane. Aguero, who is playing Watford this weekend, is just a bit behind Kane. He averages 1.71 goal involvements per game. And he's played seven games against Watford, has had 10 goals, and two assists, so um, 12 direct goal involvements there. And again, that's 1.71 per game. Uh, Aguero also leads our list of players um, in expected goals per 90 minutes, um, and that is 1.02, which is a great number. Um, And then his teammate, De Bruyne, leads expected assists per 90 minutes at 0.76. So fantastic numbers for both of them. But, you know, these numbers are part of the story, of course, <clears throat> but um, but they can tell quite a bit and maybe helps you make decisions on either players to bring in um, or players to captain. For game week six, captain, we... Like Aguero, we don't have Aguero, but Aguero at home uh, we think is an extremely tempting, um, almost can't pass up opportunity if you do own him or you're thinking about bringing him in. Um, We actually like, you know, all three of Man City's main attackers, De Bruyne, Sterling, and Aguero, for the very reason that, um, that they did get beat down. Uh, by Norwich, and um, the loss of points could potentially mean that they can't um, contend to win the league this season. So they must, if at all possible, take three points each and every game. Um, that that need 
to get three points combined with um, you know this competitive desire to prove um, that you are still the team that won the title uh, means that I think Watford is in for um, a thrashing. I really do. I think that there will be several goals, uh, or at least a few goals, scored in that match by Man City. And of course, we know um, that Aguero is likely to be involved in that. Um, and as we said, Sterling and De Bruyne also look to be really good options, even though Sterling has blanked, I believe, his past two games. It's okay. Just like we were saying about Abraham, who has scored many goals recently, and he may be due uh, for a blank. We feel, you know, sort of the the opposite is true for Sterling, where, um, you know, he hasn't scored or been involved in goals lately, and it seems like the tide will turn for him in this game against Watford. So we really like any of the three of them as captain options. Um, we really like Kane as a captain option based on his performance against Leicester City and also based on the fact that he's blanked a little bit recently and it's time for him to get much more involved in that attack. Um, Sun really sort of led uh, Spurs' attack in week five and Kane sort of dropped a little bit deeper. And, you know, we're hopeful as a Kane owner that um, that, that will change moving forward because, um, you know, Kane just sort of looked... A little bit useless out there, quite honestly. Sun looked extremely impressive. Um, speaking of Sun, yes, I do think he is um, a good player to bring in. He's expensive, however, um, but if you've got the money and you've got the spot to fill, then yeah, I think he is a much better option than Pepe. Um, Pepe looks very promising, um, but nothing's come of it yet. Um, he's had one assist in five games now, and until you know he shows differently, and maybe game week six, maybe you get in at the right time, um, and he just goes on an explosive run for a few games. Uh, but my money would be on Sun because he his form is just ridiculous, and he just has this fire in his eyes um, to go out and uh, and be involved in as many goals as he possibly can. Tammy Abraham, like I said, yes. I think he's a good option. Um, we've been asked about his injury. From what we've seen and heard, it was nothing more but a precautionary move. Uh, apparently, he started to have a muscle cramp, and they got him out before it came anything more than that. And it seems like um, he's listed as you know 100% available for Chelsea's Champion League's match um, today. So that'll be good news um, for anyone who either has him or is interested in getting him. What we'll also do is on our Instagram page is um, post some of our players to watch for game week six. Um, some of the players that we're not so big on include Ceballos and Guendozi. Um, you know, either... You know, they're not starting on the regular um, or they're just not delivering um, the attacking returns that I think everyone thinks that they will. Uh, yeah, Guendozi had a lovely assist two games ago. It was absolutely beautiful. But, you know, someone like a Cantwell um, can do just as well. And 
Norwich seem to be a more attacking-minded team than Arsenal do. Um, and the ball obviously goes through Cantwell and many times is delivered to Pookie. Um, and, you know, they could be this year's uh, Frazier and Wilson in terms of, uh, you know, uh, being involved in goals together. So um, we really, really like Cantwell quite a bit. I think that's going to do it for this episode. We will post lots of data, um, lots of information, things that are more easily consumed in a visual medium, uh, such as Instagram. So we're going to go ahead and post a lot of that. Uh, We just want to touch base, say hello, talk sort of bigger picture on some things, uh, and tell you how much we appreciate you. So until next time, this is Gary and Josh saying peace and goodbye.